Joining us on the show today is Sam Burns. He's the chief strategist at Mill Street Research, and you can follow all of his work at millstreetresearch.com. So Sam, when we spoke with you at the beginning of 2023, you had said that your eight indicators were in their most bullish zone. You were bullish on the market. And then we caught up with you in the second half of the year, and you said that they were still bullish. You believe we could potentially get back to the highs that we saw in late 2021. That is something that we did just see last week on the S&P 500. So your outlook and forecast that you gave with us all of last year was spot on. At this point, seeing a slight pullback from those highs that we saw last week. What are your indicators telling you currently? Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the, the review there. And uh, yeah, no, last year was it was a good year. Um, you know, my indicators are still bullish. Uh, I think we've definitely got still got the momentum in the stock market and a decent amount of momentum in the underlying economy and earnings uh, to kind of carry us forward. I think it might be a bit of a choppier year and probably maybe not quite as big a gains this year as, as last year. Um, I think part of that is that we've already made a pretty good move and people's expectations have been adjusted higher relative to where they were a year ago, uh, certainly. So I think um, no reason to be bearish at this point, but uh, but maybe just fine-tune the expectations a little bit lower than, than what we saw in 2023. Okay, so your indicators are still bullish, still seeing decent earnings momentum, may see more choppiness this year compared to last year, and you're lowering your expectations compared to what we saw last year. And obviously, uh, investor sentiment is a bit higher currently. Would you say that investor sentiment currently is a major headwind right now? I don't think we're quite to the point of it being uh, a real extreme headwind from a contrarian standpoint, but I do think that uh, you know some kind of corrective consolidation uh, period here earlier in the year you know would make sense and to, to kind of you know correct some of that uh, kind of enthusiasm. The, the rally from late October to the end of the year was really large, particularly in the in the big you know large caps in the tech stocks and things. Uh, you had a you know a twenty percent move in some of these indices, and that's you know that's a good year that we can cram into two months. So that's going to push you know sentiment up pretty pretty high, particularly now that the indices are at or near uh, their highs. That tends to bring out a lot of bulls uh, in general historically. So I, it wouldn't be surprising to see um, something that would kind of rein in that that enthusiasm a little bit at some point. Now whether that's sort of you know right now or maybe it comes a little later, it's hard to say. But uh, definitely gives you the, the the view that more people are optimistic now, more people have higher expectations and uh, are, are more you know in in the market now than they were. Uh, a year ago or even six months ago. And so it just makes it a little bit harder to have those upside surprises that generate the big upward movements. Okay. And there was a lot of debate last year around recession risks. You were in the growth deceleration soft landing camp during that time. And you said that uh, you thought it'd be more likely we'd see slower growth than negative growth. Uh, that is an outright recession. What is your view for the US economy in 2024? Yeah, it's kind of generally similar in the sense that I don't see right now a driver for a recession, uh, but I think the cumulative effect of the Fed's rate hikes um, that haven't fully been felt yet and the fact that um, fiscal policy is still currently really reasonably stimulative, but won't probably get more stimulative if, if it changes, it'll get you know incrementally less stimulative. So I think some of those tailwinds you know that we had from fiscal policy will maybe ease a bit. Um, and some of the lagged effects of, of the interest rate headwinds may be felt. Um, I think that'll keep us, you know, certainly from, you know, kind of growing too fast. Uh, I think the risk is that uh, either policy changes and slows things down too much, uh, or, you know, if something happens in the rest of the world uh, and, and, and kind of drags the, the whole global economy and the U.S. Uh, down with it. Um, I think the U.S. is relatively strong. I think Europe is relatively weak. China is relatively weak. Um, other parts of the world are, are not doing that well economically uh, like the U.S. is. 
So, um, so I think the risk is more of something outside the U.S. or that uh, fiscal policy, uh, you know, shifts into lower gear. Uh, but right now, things look, you know, reasonably good. I think we've kind of getting getting into that soft landing zone. Uh, inflation's already come down quite a bit. Uh, growth is still pretty decent. Uh, unemployment is still pretty low. Uh, those are all pretty good, you know, pretty good signs. And uh, the expectations for corporate earnings are, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 11 percent range right now. Okay, so still not forecasting a recession. Risk is fiscal policy downshifts. It has been largely supportive. Last year for fiscal year 2023, it was just over $6 trillion spent. So that that is a large amount of money. And you had said when it comes to the implications, you were thinking U.S. would maintain outperformance relative to the rest of the world, particularly emerging markets. And we're saying that uh, you would be sticking with the U.S. Is that still the view currently? Yeah, most of my indicators still say that the U.S. Uh, has stronger you know, economic growth and stronger earnings estimates uh, trends than the rest of the world, for the most part. Um, you know, Japan's earnings are holding up pretty well, but they have a, a volatile currency. Um, but otherwise, uh, the rest of the world, for the most part, uh, are, are not doing as well as the U.S. is, either from a macroeconomic standpoint or, or an earnings standpoint. Um, some of that is because the U.S. has the big uh, tech stocks that are doing well. And some of it is is the the better you know policy in the U.S. relative to what uh, has happened in, in other parts of the world, and the fact that the U.S. economy is just you know much bigger and more diversified uh, than a lot of the other ones are. So so far, I haven't seen any reason to kind of get off the the, the U.S. Uh, train uh, relative to the rest of the world. Um, you know, at some point there may be you know, a reason to shift uh, in terms of relative fundamentals, but uh, I don't see it right now. So I would think that uh, from a, both a, a kind of a safety liquidity standpoint, but also a return standpoint, that the U.S. is probably still the best bet. Okay. And in that vein, with the U.S. being the place for likely outperformance relative to the rest of the world, that was your view last year. You're still sticking with that. Obviously, the Magnificent Seven stocks, the tech stocks have been the place to be where you've seen the lion's share of uh, performance compared to other sectors of the market. Uh, what would you say about tech currently, given you know we are seeing some of a bit of a pullback in the Magnificent Seven, Apple uh, in particular, you know, seeing a slight correction from the highs that we saw in December. Are you uh, cautious on the tech space, given how far they ran in 2023, or what would you be telling investors currently? Yeah, I think you're probably going to have to be a little. I still like tech as as a sector overall, uh, but I think you might have to be a little bit more selective and and which ones you buy. And to make sure if you do buy that you probably want to buy on dips, you know, look for for corrections, maybe like even the one we're seeing now, uh, if it goes any further, that you want to take advantage of pullbacks uh, to do your buying rather than chasing them after big rallies. Uh, I think people may you know, find you know, it's trickier to do that. They get in trouble uh, chasing too much after there's been such a, a big rally. Uh, I think the earnings estimate trends, the fundamentals are still pretty good for a lot of these names in the tech and tech related areas, communication services, some of the consumer discretionary that all have kind of a, a tech um, aspect to them. Um, those still have pretty strong revisions in aggregate, but not every single stock. Uh, so I think you have to be a little bit more of a stock picker in that space uh, going forward this year than, than maybe uh, last year when it was uh, you know a little bit broader. Uh, I also think the financials are looking better now, uh, particularly insurance stocks. Those have kind of moved up the list uh, in my work along with tech. Okay. So still sticking with the US, a bit more cautious on the technology space, given how far that they ran last year. You'd be more selective on which stocks you're holding there, but you like financials at this point and see greater earnings momentum coming behind that sector. 
That's right. Yeah, the financials, you know, they had, had a kind of a rough year last year, particularly the first half of the year, and then have been recovering, uh, you know, later uh, in 2023. And then um, there's a number of them that can benefit from uh, where interest rates are right now. And um, and also, you know, kind of getting some of the benefit of, of, of stronger stock markets um, and things like insurance that have a little more pricing power now. So I think there are definitely areas within that sector, not all not everywhere, but uh, a lot more places now that uh, are, are looking a lot better. And so if you're thinking about, you know, if technology is much more of a growth and kind of tends to be more expensive uh, area to invest in. If you're looking for something that's a little more value focused, um, that uh, hasn't had as big a run, uh, financials would probably be the place I would look. Yeah. So again, your indicators are still bullish. You're still seeing decent earnings momentum. Uh, we may see more choppiness this year compared to last year, less performance in the market, not as high as gains as we saw this year compared to last. Investor sentiment is in a bullish zone, but it's not an extreme level. So although that is somewhat of a headwind, it's not a major headwind, uh, the likes of which you would consider you know, a major market peak, if I got that correct. And given the fact that you don't have a recession penciled in for 2024, based on the indicators that you're looking at currently, you would say that that is still supportive for the market overall. Would that about summarize your view? Yeah, no, I think that's about right. I think that you know the economy and earnings will probably be fine. Uh, it's just that more people are expecting that now than they did before. So you know that just gives you a little bit less upside uh, in terms of uh, you know beating expectations than than we had last year. I think that's why you might get more moderate gains and more choppiness this year. And as far as key risks to keep on watch, that would be from Congress, uh, perhaps some type of gridlock or a massive reduction in spending, which has so far been supportive uh, with the $6 trillion that we saw spent for fiscal year 2023 again. And uh, anything outside of the U.S., like you said, with uh, geopolitical problems or you know perhaps what we see in China. So those are some of the risks that you'd be looking at. Is that cover some of the key things that you're watching? Yeah, I think so. I, th I think you know you always have the risk of uh, you know wars and things, a real slowdown in, in China that kind of drags down uh, a lot of other places, uh, things like that. But I, I think uh, if we can avoid those, we you know we should do okay. Um, but those are the things that are that are hard hard to predict. Um, so yeah, so you have policy mistakes is is a big biggest risk, and then uh, issues with other other parts of the world would be kind of number two. And, you know, we've had a lot of talk with other strategists in terms of inflation. Inflation has been continuing to come down after its peak. What is your view on the inflation outlook? Do you think that we're going to continue to decelerate on inflation? Or do you think that there's much of a chance for uh, an inflation revival like what we saw in the 70s that could end up keeping Fed at a higher for longer pace than what the market anticipates? Yeah, my view for a while has been that inflation is much more likely to come down and 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 stay lower and kind of go back to something much closer to what we had pre-COVID uh, than to than to stay high. Um, the, the the drivers of the inflation we saw were mostly COVID and the and the and the uh, policy responses to COVID and then the war in, in Ukraine uh, that came after that. Um, those effects have mostly kind of faded now or kind of worked their way through the system. Uh, the supply chains and things that got disrupted are, are more back to normal now. So unless we have a new shock that comes along, um, I think that inflation goes back to kind of the kind of two percentage level uh, that, that we had before. And that will uh, allow the Fed to, to bring rates down. Uh, I think rates are too high right now for a two percent inflation rate. And that'll become even more clear as we get into the year. Um, so I don't think we'll have a 70s style inflation kind of scenario. I don't think the drivers 
uh, that produce events like that are, are recurring uh, in, in this cycle. Uh, I think we had just a big, you know, one or kind of a one-time shock uh, from COVID and the response to COVID. And then assuming that continues to fade, uh, then we're going to go back to low inflation again. Okay. And lastly, in terms of areas that you like and that you're focusing on, it's really uh, financials and particularly insurance where you see some of the best bargains currently? That's right. Yeah. So financials, uh, some of the banks, some of the insurance companies uh, are, are where we see some of the strongest earnings trends. And a lot of them are relatively cheap uh, on a PE basis. Um, and so maybe have uh, you know room to run. And uh, yeah, then technology has strong earnings in general um, and just need to watch the valuations and, and kind of buy on pullbacks and buy the strongest names. Uh, make sure you don't get caught up in something where the earnings are weak. Well, once again, we've been speaking with Sam Burns, Chief Strategist at Mill Street Research. Sam, as we close, do you mind telling our listeners a little bit more about what they can find at your website and the best way to follow you? Sure. Yeah. So there's a, a fair amount on the millstreetresearch.com site. Uh, there's a blog that I'm uh, updating periodically now. You can uh, put your email in there and get up, get updates whenever the, the blog is uh, is updated. And uh, I, I post reasonably often on, on Twitter under at millstreetresearch. Um, and uh, so you can get an idea of kind of some of the indicators I'm watching day to day, mostly from a macro standpoint. Um, so I would uh, follow on, on Twitter or on LinkedIn uh, or on the website. All right. And as you said, Sam, you're still bullish for 2024. Just lower your expectations a little bit. That's right. All right. Well, Sam, it was a pleasure to speak with you. We look forward to having you on the show again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. If you have any questions or feedback on what we discussed today, or if you'd like to get in touch with us at Financial Sense Wealth Management, feel free to check out our new website, financialsensewealth.com, or you can give us a call at 888-486-3939. For FS Insider, I'm Chris Sheridan. Thanks for listening. Financial Sense News Hour is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be considered as a solicitation or offer to purchase or sell any securities. The investments, investment strategies, and investment philosophies discussed or presented on the News Hour each involve their own unique risk factors, which are not discussed on the show. Responses to listener inquiries are based on the personal opinions of the Financial Sense staff and do not take into account listener suitability, objectives, or risk tolerance. Financial Sense News Hour and its parent company shall not be liable for any financial losses that result from investing in any company mentioned in financial sense or arising out of the use of any material on the news hour be advised that you invest at your own risk